she walks in and she goes, and this is one of our classrooms. And the light goes click. And we're in the corner of the classroom. And we look over like a couple of trash pandas. Like we're going through the trash can or something. And both of our heads turn and we're like in shock. And we literally are like, oh, hey, how's it going? And we just turn around and walk out. Hello, hello. I'm Kenan. And I'm Karen. Your hosts of Comparative Narrative Podcast. Each episode, we'll be bringing you stories from us and others, stories from different lenses of experience that illuminate our shared humanity. Join us in finding belonging through storytelling. Welcome back, everybody. This is Comparative Narrative. We are so happy to be here. As always, we thank those of you who have tuned in, those of you who have taken your time to write reviews, give us the stars, we love the five stars. Hook it up with the five stars, but do write a review. And if you're checking us out on Spotify, we sometimes leave little questions that folks can answer in like a little interactive portion that's only available on Spotify. So shout out to Spotify, but we are available on all platforms. So I hope you're listening on your favorite platform, the one that you work with the best. But we are back. I am your co-host, Kenan Scott. So stoked to be here. And I'm your co-host, Karen Scott. And this is a this is a different episode. We're doing something fun, and we're unique. not alone today. We have friends with us, <laughs> and we'll introduce our friends in a second. But we have friends with us because we're talking about friendships at work. And I don't think I ever was told like go to work and make friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's not not the usual framing. Uh, but we're talking about this because we like to dork out about you know, what makes for good working conditions and a sense of belonging being a huge part of that. We are in the art of storytelling as a way to find belonging. And so oftentimes you want to bring many points of view. And that includes sometimes topics that we don't necessarily have a really good use case for. And we bring some people in who do have a really strong use case for having a dope friend at work. And it's like, you know, we're humans, right? And connection is like, integral to uh, our being and forming relationships and forming relationships of trust. And so the notion that that's something that we wouldn't do in the environment that we spend the majority of our lives in right. uh, for many of us is, is kind of asinine. And so it's fun to, <laughs> to have friends here to dive into that a little bit. And yes. it also feels like, yeah, just in in the realm of finding connection and belonging through storytelling, I think many of us can relate to like the experience of having a friend at work and how it can really, really improve sense of well-being, mm-hmm. growth, uh, you know, somebody to bitch with and commiserate about and get through the suffering with. That's wrong with that. And that's where we come in. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. So relatable, but also something that we deeply believe that like everybody wins around friendship at works, right? Yes. From like an employer perspective, friendship boost productivity Mm -hmm. and performance because Mm -hmm. it boosts engagement and from a worker person perspective it makes work more fun like it might even make it the thing that makes waking up on sunday morning feel worth it nothing like the sunday blues nothing like that where you're just sunday scaries yeah you're just (laughs) dreading this monday but then when you do you're right when you have that community at work when you have those people that you're excited to tap in with that you share commonalities with that you've taken the time to really unpack the human experience with you have a deeper engagement with those people that's a deeper engagement with the thing called space that we call work and then a deeper engagement with maybe what it is you're actually tasked to do there that's right that's right 
It's pretty impressive. So we're going to um, briefly introduce friends that we made at work. Facts. Wait. Celeste and Angelica, who found each other, and y'all will share more of this, to be besties at work and outside of work. But y'all can definitely tell that story better than we can. And I think, That's true. Yeah, and just models of, like, friendship at work. We thought it might be fun for you to introduce each other. Mm. Oh, my goodness. And so. Surprise. Amazing. <laughs> Boom. Right on you. Right at the top. The excitement and the nerves. <laughs> Wait, Angelica, do you want to go first and introduce Celeste? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? So this is Celeste A. Barron. The A period in the middle is very important. <laughs> Thank you. Out. You're welcome. Thank you for I saying you. that. I know you. Nickname, there's many, but the stakestress is probably the word on the street. Celeste is probably the kindest, biggest hearted human I know. I think the universe brought us together at work, but it was much more than work really quickly. I think we kept each other sane. When we got instructions that were less than clear, you had a sounding board. Don't tear up. Girlfriend. You're making me cry because you said I was the kindest person. Okay, I'm like, no. I, I turned 30 like a year or two after we started hanging out. And this bitch, love, lovingly bitch, threw me a surprise wig karaoke party at Dave and Buster's, which is pretty much, those are the four quadrants of my heart. <laughs> wig, karaoke, Dave and Buster's, yep. parties. And it still to this day is probably the nicest thing anyone has ever done for me. If she ever needs a body buried, I'm there. Facts. There we go. That's where we. That's where we end up on comparative narratives. It's a high, high bar intro. That is. I don't even know where to go from here. I feel like I'm just gonna cry. Well, that's a fair enough place um, for this but podcast. But you are also in the presence of Angelica Rose Cano, who. Um, her last name, Cano, can roll into Can Opener, and she was also a DJ on the side, so she is DJ Can Opener, just so you know. But I met Angelica, had no idea who she was. I was told the first day at our employ employer, there's a writer coming in, and I am also a writer, and she'll be here anytime. And so when I walked in the room, I saw Angelica sitting on the couch, and I immediately had to let her know. You moonwalked back. I moonwalked back. And what did I say? Are you the writer? And I said, yeah. And she said, I'm just going to tell you everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and guess what? It wasn't. <laughs> Spoiler. It wasn't. Sp the narrator. This is where Morgan Freeman kicks and in and goes, like and that. it wasn't. It I know. Was not okay. <laughs> Anyway, for some reason, Angelica and I hit it off. She is multifaceted, multi-talented DJ, also has a side hustle of ice dyeing and tie-dyeing clothing, which she has named Side-Eye Tie-Dye. It's very successful, and it helped pass the time during the pandemic, but it's also a creative outlet for her. It's always a moment to tap into a part of your soul that makes you happy, no matter what it is. So that could be writing, it could be painting, it could be all those things. But Angelica is actually much younger than I am. And so it's really interesting that we hit it off as well as we did. And not to say that you can't have friends that are older. And when she was in high school, I was in Titanic. So <laughs> <laughs> it's been 84 years. Um, but <laughs> for the most part, so we're, we're almost in two different generations. I'm a Gen Xer, um, but I'm not on the cusp of being a millennial and you're a millennial. Um, and I'm, I venture to call you a geriatric millennial. Wow. Just because it makes no, you fill not. up there with me. Get out of <laughs> and I'm just geriatric. <laughs> 
so yeah, that that is basically Angelica in a nutshell. And I love her dogs, and I spend a lot of time at her house with her and her partner, and we have a good time. Bravo. Uh, you're a different Enneagram than I am. Yes. Yeah, I'm Enneagram too. I'm a four. Yeah, so we're different in that respect, but for some reason, everything meshes like we are in the same Enneagram pool, yeah. essentially. Deep end. Did I cover all that? I don't know. I gave a little She's bit a- of like professional background as well I know. as who is this person I, but i mean you said In i was a hype woman i'm just I know. here for it Thank <laughs> you. but i swear you can instantaneously make your room feel comfortable Nice. And so one of the funniest people I know who can't keep up with me on a wit level yep. which is <laughs> why i think we get along so well all of these are I'll, true i'll put the the period on that Love it. Well, during every podcast, we do just start by doing a little bit of a checking in, just like where you are, you know, where you're at right now, how Mm -hmm. you're doing today. Doesn't have to be real deep, can be real deep. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can, I'm happy to sort of start us off in this check in. Set us off. Um, I'm feeling really wonderful right now. You know, our audience cannot see that the four of us are huddled around a microphone with inches between our knees, uh, which just feels like, yeah, it feels like a little friend circle. It feels like there's like a fire in between us, you know, and that we're sitting around telling stories and that has me feeling, yeah, that's my that's my happiest place. Um, so I'm really enjoying this moment of joy and that we all went to a concert last night that I'm thinking we probably had really exper- different experiences of given the Gen X millennial split that's happening here. Mm. Some that's of us had point. it as an anthem for high school. Some of us had it as our wedding anthem. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. But no, I'm feeling really, really fulfilled and happy and yeah, just kind of like in, in the love right now. Yeah, I'm in a similar place. As you've been tuning in to episodes or if you're checking us out in your own order, we've talked about Bitwise Industries. We're talking about it as a space that we found a lot of uh, inclusion and belonging. And part of that was the people. I think the the majority of my takeaways from Bitwise relate to the humans that were actually in place on the ground level doing the good work, but also spreading like a bit of themselves to everyone. And I feel like I'm in the company of people that I got the pleasure of learning bits about over the course of three years to the point where now it, it has transcended work friends. Mm. And that feels really good uh, as you walk through transition, as you walk through the unknown to realize how many folks are truly walking it with you that are real. You know, there's a lot of folks that you don't trust no more when excuse my language, but shit like this goes down. When you do know the folks that are there with you and you have these new bonds that you can form and share that kind of help to, I would just say, cover up some of the scars that were part of that bond, it feels really good. And so last night was that feeling, today has been that way. I think in general, the last few months, I've been really trying to center on the folks that I know are walking that walk still and that we can do it together. So mm-hmm. it feels okay. good. It feels good mm-hmm. to be in, in our fr- in our friends and family's company. Like that's just dope. Yeah, go for it. I think warm is the right word to use. It has felt, it's been a quick trip, but it has been like very restorative. And to go from like getting to hang with people all the time to like not is its own form of whiplash in light of everything else that happened. Getting to go to a concert, listen to something that reminds me of high school, transcend from, man, I'm in this space and this time and I'm wanting to move to what's next, but I have to also accept that I'm not really dictating all of that. I'm processing and moving forward to get to go to things like last night. Like as we were sitting there listening to the postal service, I was like, 
I have not worried for two hours. Mm. And I don't remember the last time I didn't have some low-grade worry happening to get to, like, be baptized in the same music as y'all and have, like, the the fun evening we had and just reconnect is really filling my soul with a lot, a lot of good. Same. So I, just being, just the road trip with Angelica here, and we hang out just about every other day, too, which I think has helped, like, keep that low-grade anxiety of, you know, of everything that has happened kind of at bay. I think it's the one thing keeping me sane. Coming here was just the highlight and listening to the music, being there together and laughing and joking and dancing and randomly twerking. Um, I'm sure you've never heard of anyone twerking at a postal service show or a death cab for cutie. We were literally twerking um, and someone had to do it. That's what we were. That's right. Someone That's had right. to. And it was, it was so much fun and just catching up with friends that we haven't seen in person in so long there is nothing like that reminder of the bonds and the friendship that you had even not seeing each other for a while it just lights up everything in your soul it fills up your cup every week is a different adventure right now with how we're kind of treading our own waters through all of this knowing that the cup was getting a little bit empty there for a hot minute coming here and filling that up reinvigorates your spirit Mm -hmm. and it makes you want to conquer the world again it makes you want to like Mm -hmm. do all the things and be all the things Mm -hmm. and and it just reminds you of your court system and your group there so yeah that's where I am and that's why I enjoyed you know we've been like collectively individually talking about how so much of this time suddenly being displaced from work and there being quite a bit of money that's in limbo or you know was taken as part of that that you know survival is so top of mind right and survival uh, related to material survival and it sounds so simple and obvious and maybe it is to many people but to me I needed the reminder earlier in this week that like joy is also critical to survival that mm. human connection and relationships is critical <laughs> to survival and Absolutely. you know we all get an A plus for really relishing in that experience together but I hear that so much in what you you all were saying and that extends to chickens I'm just saying just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there for those who don't know you'll find out if you know you know but (laughs) so you know we got like just a little glimpse of how you met at work but is there anything else about the how you met one another story that you want to share you had an interesting morning that morning i did i was starting my job and that evening or that at 2 a.m someone crashed into the pole at the end of my street and took Mm. the power out Mm. and i of course it was like oh gosh like go out, see what's happening, go back to bed, woke up. And then like the replacement pole was parked behind my car. So Mm. I couldn't get out. And it was just a series of like, is this a bad omen? Mm. TBD. So (laughs) (laughs) I had kind of a crazy morning and I was there. I hadn't even had my first meeting, but I had like eight meetings that day. Like lined up. Yeah. Get in and get to know people. And the fact that you came by and were like, are you the writer? First, I was like, what is it giving me away here? <laughs> and two, that you stop. You had your hot tea and your like mug, which is like so quintessential Celeste. And neither of us really had assigned seating. So for the first few weeks, we sort of just sat in this like group of desks and then they put us in the same office. And while we were both writers, we wrote for different parts of the company. 
And there was this part of me that was like, are they going to make us American gladiator mm. through words? Yeah, we like, didn't know if we were at odds with each other's roles. Yeah. But like there really was like no space for that because yeah. it became like how both of us, I think, had the types of roles that there was a lot to figure out. And it was easy to have a friendship and have each other's backs. And so even though like maybe the space, the way in which the context was set up, didn't seem like it was set up for you to work together. It seems like it was encouraged. I would agree. Well, because yeah. you yeah. you trended towards lift one another up versus <laughs> yes. compete with right. another. Yes. You're still yeah. both around, so the gladiator round was not successful. <laughs> exactly right. I mean, in fact, it became the karaoke round. <laughs> that's what happened. Successful. There was like a specific song. I have very so many videos on my phone of us playing with like tiny hands or wigs to this one song to the point that for my birthday last year she gave me a keychain and there's a Spotify link to the song on the keychain. Oh, so. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even know you could do such things. It's very cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, and it, and just it's in my nature. I mentioned I was an Enneagram too. It's in my nature to support people. I was going through a tumultuous time in my role because I was still trying to figure a lot of things out. And as soon as I knew that that was the writer, that she was the writer, that mm -hmm. I was like, I need to comfort her because <laughs> this job is going to crush her immediately. Mm. And that was just my prediction because if it was anything like I was experiencing, I just need to let her know it's going to be okay. <laughs> and it wasn't. But well, still. We, we have had a conversation about that and we have said, Ugh. she was like, I was wrong. Things weren't okay. And we were literally like snacking and making art in my living room. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was like, can we revisit whether or not things was it okay? Because okay? maybe like... it took a turn we didn't expect. Exactly. It doesn't mean that, you know, now we live closer and we hang out more and yeah. You got it. It's multitudinal, right? right. Well, you shared an office for a little while. Mm. And then that was very short lived because it, but it was like the funnest it feels like forever. three or four months that we had. <laughs> and I was there for only, I think, a month prior to Angelica starting. So we shared an office. We had a phenomenal time. We were told that we were going to be separated. And so I had to be put into another office. <laughs> and I remember the we day we were not going to be separated. We were moving into different spaces. <laughs> <and> so... <laughs> They weren't like, y'all two need to break up. Early. They were saying, right we need you to do. move into different spots. <laughs> There's no Clarification. question. Yes. And so, and then it was like, it was almost like the parent trap because we eventually ended up together, yeah. even though they separated us. That's right. But, yeah. um, <laughs> we were the Luans. But, um, so I remember we got, we got split up and I was in an office and I was going to be getting a person going in there for online marketing soon. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have someone here soon. But I was like sad the entire day. And then one of our coworkers came in and she goes, I heard they split you guys up. And she was like, do you need a hug? And I looked up and just burst into tears oh. because I was not like, you know, when you're just like on the verge, like the surface tension is like right there. And you're like, if one person asks me how I'm doing, I'm going to fucking just let, I'm going to unleash every emotion on the planet. And of course, Kim walked in at that moment and I was like, yes, I do. And so and then, you know, all is history. But I will say, despite that separation, we still managed to find the moments, whether it was grabbing coffee or jumping to lunch an elevator or going to, go to Joe's Steakhouse every yeah. other day. Yeah. We did use an elevator to bitch in because we ran out well, of spaces. Maybe we should save that for the next question because I feel like that's okay. so good. Well, I think it's an excellent segue. Like, I think there's <laughs> these, you know, mm -hmm. there um, – we can assume that you just like connect with somebody, you vibe with somebody, and then you're friends, right? But like anything that you care about, <laughs> there's like 
energy and intentionality and action that supports what you care about, right? So I'm guessing that there were things that you did to grow your friendship, to maintain your friendship. We're hearing elevator screams, cries, and lunches. You were able to find the spaces where you naturally could be friends. Yes, like definitely. that. That seems pretty pretty straightforward. That you were able to mix and match <laughs> the pieces, find the true friendship, and then find ways to support it. In fact, we should mention the classroom situation. <laughs> I'm like, if there if there were rituals or spaces that grew your friendship, that developed, mention them. Okay, okay, just as real fast. So we ran out of places to talk shit, right? So. <laughs> Keep each other safe. And keep each other safe. Sounds like we're having an affair. I know. Well, this made it seem like we were. So we we had classrooms at the bottom of our building because we also were a coding boot camp. So we had several classrooms. So we figured out, let's just go to one of the empty classrooms and just unleash because. Wait, wait, wait. We were trying to take the elevator. Right. Because we would go to the second floor, co- go down to the basement, and we would ride, ride it, it over and over again. Ride. But this particular day, when there was a lot to get in the meatloaf of, yeah. we kept getting interrupted on the elevator. Uh. And so we were like, fuck it, we'll go into a classroom. And we... So we're in the classroom and we don't turn the lights on. Okay. So, and all the classrooms are motion. I know this is like, so they're all motion activated. And so we were in the corner of the classroom and we're really close and we're just like going off because we're just, you know, we're venting, we're venting, we're getting it out and we're we're not being very um, censored in our speak. And then the next thing you know, we hear some voices and it is one of the executive officers giving a tour to a group of people. (laughs) And the light is off. So she walks in and she goes, and this is one of our classrooms. And the light goes click. And we're in the corner of the classroom. And we look over like a couple of trash pandas. Like we're going through the trash can or something. And both of our heads turn and we're like in shock. And we literally are like, okay, this is going. And we just turn around and walk out. To this day. I, I'm like, what did she think? We were, what was happening in there? Underground gambling, some kind of <laughs> conspiracy board, something, something. But um, it was a truly, we laugh about it till this day because it, I think it's just hilarious. But we we found the spaces when there mm-hmm. weren't spaces because we needed that space. Yeah. When you talk about how it's, you know, so much about like reducing stress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Increasing happiness, right? I mean, you, <laughs> you introduced Angelica as someone who will breathe happiness into any space. And, and we had a signal. To this day, we still have the signal. It's like the bat signal. It's the bat signal. And we always look at each other and go, girl. And it, there was a screenshot at one point where, like, I messaged her girl on Slack. And she messaged me, girl. And then nothing happened. So I did it. Hours and <laughs> hours and hours and, and then you did it back, and it was just so many girls that I was finally like, "Wait, was your girl important? Because my girl was important. Do you want to go first? Your, like, your girl first. <laughs> it's kind of like even just walking by, going, "Girl," and no other conversation. That's all we need. Just a yeah. reminder that I, I see you, you yeah. and we're here. That's right. Well, and I think that's so major, yeah, that's right? It. Because that's so it. often at work, we feel like we're not being seen, or there's, you know, sometimes you feel like you're all alone on. Mm-hmm. whatever stressful island you're on yeah. for a moment. And so just that like lifeline of having a person that you know sees you, that you trust, right? Yeah. We often talk here about, you know, professional 
spaces having to have that psychological safety mm. and whether that culture is ingrained in the greater universe or ecosystem at that you know specific organization or it is found organically between people it is necessary to be able to walk through those spaces with a sense of authenticity mm-hmm. or a sense of clarity <laughs> and the ability to even feel one's self in the work or doing the work. I am being my whole self and this person seems to actually really like it. Yeah. <laughs> and encourages more of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I see your your freak flag. Go ahead and uh-huh. ri- That's raise right. it flat. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Can you make it bigger? <laughs> Wait, I, look, look at mine. <laughs> Are there other ways in which you feel like your friendship really contributed to whatever your definition of success was in mm. your role or in your roles? I mean, yeah. Especially when we shared an office, there were a lot of um, unsure moments. Like we were bringing on a PR company that we didn't know anything about. Angelica had to navigate that. And so there was a lot of back and forth on how do we do this. So there was a lot of sounding board happening Mm -hmm. there. I think that contributed to our success, but also just the comfort Mm -hmm. that should I be falling the fuck apart, (laughs) I can easily just grow my way into her office and be okay. But I felt like there was a lot of um, interstitial support that happened kind of Mm -hmm. on the sideline. And just like, how are you? You know, oh my gosh, how's it going with so-and-so? I think that was helpful. Like we're both very talented writers. Like I, yes, I will toot are. my horn. I will toot her horn. We'll be tooting all the horns. Um, <laughs> but she, I, I feel like there are ways that she makes me a better writer in some of the things that I don't think about when I go mm. into writing because I come from such a, an advertising copywriting background, mm. and she comes from a human narrative storytelling background. And so I found a way to m- kind of meld that into how I do what I do. Oh. So I think it's made me a better writer and just supportive. And knew that there was another writer on staff that I could share these things with and and get some valid feedback. I would co-sign all of that. And I would add, I think they're, you know how they say like, when you're talking to yourself, think about how you talk to a friend and then try to like incorporate that. You can't have a better Enneagram 2 Celeste friend in your court to remind you of like your inherent worth Mm. or to recognize that the situation at hand is you don't get to control how much you don't know. So all you can do is put your next foot forward. And the ability to have someone that recognized all of the nuances of the situation, sometimes vague or complex they were, it just allowed this like, I'm not crazy, you're not crazy. We're literally (laughs) doing the best that we can. And sometimes we only have each other to go, girl, you killed that. Like, even if nobody else is saying it, you killed that. Look at what happened. And so in so many ways, I think, having someone who had my back like and and feeling that strength was a source of like infinity stone source of strength (laughs) when i'm just thinking about how like valuable having that thought partnership the emotional support the knowing that there's this unconditional support and belief in your inherent worth however that translates at work right like your inherent worth is unwaverable how many doors that opens for us in terms of what we're producing, right? Like what we're being paid to be there to do, as well as that then we oftentimes will, you know, invest the same in another person. Um, So there's such a mutuality and a paying forward and just like how that can ripple out. And at the same time, like if you're reading anything related to the professional landscape right now, right? It's about how there's such a deficit of emotional support, recognition, Mm 
upliftment, collaboration, the safety to make mistakes in mm. management, right? And in leadership. And mm. I am in no way suggesting that friendship at work replaces what, you know, <laughs> belongs in good management and leadership. But I am thinking that given the reality of the situation, even more powerful a friendship at work is. Yeah. yeah. I think that's super well said. Absolutely agree. Yeah, I I have had many experiences with and without friends at work and the sense that you get for belonging is so much greater overall when you do have that anchor person or those anchor people that you feel like you can have a high level conversation with, right? You know what I mean? You guys are in a profession where it is very important to have a, a colleague who understands your work. Mm -hmm. right? You can't just dump your work on a novice like myself and expect me to give you really, really good feedback other than, dang, you write Amazing. really well. Like, that's so cool. You're, you write, you use English. <laughs> yes. So Feels great, doesn't make you a better writer. No. <laughs> doesn't make you a better writer. <laughs> Man, was that in Oxford? Oh, no. Don't get me started on the Oxford comma. It was a double Oxford? Okay. <laughs> Oh, but no, I think that's that's so crucial to have someone in your someone in your space mm -hmm. that also understands the work. I don't know I that don't it would have been the same had there been an engineer or mm -hmm. a software. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, I have a ton of friends from the organization and will continue to, but I felt like that was definitely made us simpatico and mm -hmm. kindred spirits, mm -hmm. kind of in the same the same realm. And it actually like requires. You know, I think many of us are conditioned to not think about friendships happening at work, right? Like you're here yes. to work. This is not about personal We're time. almost averted to it because you don't want to fuck your game up at work, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so many reasons. Like yeah. I was a young professional and I was, you know, in a management role. And I really thought like early 20s, you know, like I really thought if everybody likes me, we're going to be okay. And I was pretty loose with my boundaries and invited somebody to a party. And that person, when they were not performing and were getting feedback about not performing at work, created their own narrative around my personal life and used mm -hmm. that as, you know, mm -hmm. ammunition. Yeah. And that's a completely understandable dynamic. And I played a role in it, which was I was just like, I didn't understand what is that balance between mm -hmm. a friendship at work and a friendship outside of work. And that, yeah, there's just balance there. And so I became actually like incredibly rigid and restrictive and had people that I was emotionally vulnerable with and felt very deep connection to at my work, but that had really no entrance into my personal life yeah. because that was just my like strong-handed response to that early career experience. And as I leaned into friendships at work later on, I mean, they're literally, they're that thing that travels with you once the job is over yeah. for whatever yes. reason. And just like you said, you know, didn't we win? Like we're still crafting and eating I snacks mean. together. <laughs> But I, I think it really does require some reconditioning and some condition setting in the workplace because, you know, the where we're talking about at Bitwise, there was definitely a modeling of friendships at work have value. Yes. I don't know that it wasn't explicitly said that I'm aware of, but there were many models of people in you know, all spaces of the organization who were friends. And there was obviously a lot of modeling about like get to know Everybody is a full being, yeah. right? Because we're just as interested in who this person is versus just the professional side of this person. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, that's something that, you know, has to be done with intention. If yes. you see the benefit of something, well, what are the, what are our behaviors that communicate that that's a value here, that that's, you know, encouraged? Well, yeah, repeated behaviors um, are the basis for your culture. Yeah. 
right? And so if you value friendship, or I mean, I wonder if how you showcase to your employees that you value the getting to know of each other, the shared humanity exactly. piece that then builds friendship, right? What, That's right? I think if I had to, if I had to offer advice in this moment to, you know, someone who's working on the culture at their, at their organization or looking to build a culture of belonging in their corporation, I would lead with allow people space to, mm -hmm. to find shared humanity, mm -hmm. allow people on teams to right. find spaces where they can understand how they overlap and how they can provide external value beyond the work. Like the human. Like making sure that the first five minutes of your meeting right. are a check in on what that person is about, has mm -hmm. has What's been up to, what their weekend was like, yeah. you know, where it's not just jumping into the transactional, the transactional mm -hmm. components of work. Or like it brought me immense joy yesterday. We're in a car together, right? We have over the four years that we've known each other, not physically been in the same space very much because we live geographically quite far away. Mm -hmm. And we're in the car together and you and Celeste are like, like we haven't even driven anywhere. And you're both calibrating like all of your Pokemon hunting devices <laughs> and you're making trades. And like you two met around that shared interest yeah. on a Slack channel yeah. dedicated to That's Pokemon true. at work. And like that That's is true. creating space That's for mm -hmm. shared interest, shared humanity that is not professionally based. And like, obviously your friendship takes more than just a love of Pokemon, but shit, that was a pretty good vehicle. And <laughs> you immediately you were both yourselves just actually in the shared space around it. And so, it. you know, I kept Pokemon a secret from everyone in my family. So you just <laughs> outed me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon's out there. I know. It's, it's not for everyone, Kenneth. It's not for everyone. That's so good. <laughs> and I think at one point, one of our supervisors actually said, you realize you split them up, but you're never going to be able to separate them ever again. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And I was that. like, oh, that's right. This sounds all right. I, love I think we're probably at a point where, you know, it's time to say thank you. It's so hard to end a conversation like this. Because we're having a little, like, friendship circle uh, around a microphone. Who wants to leave that? It's literally too warm. It is It is all of those feelings. I really, I really do. I thank you both for taking this opportunity to to go out on a limb, join Comparative Narrative, talk with us about something important to the two of you that we have been witnessed to and been invited into. Mm -hmm. And so I think like I've never really been good at taking friends from work and transitioning them into my full-time friendship. And I, I actually feel like you guys have blessed me with an opportunity to do that. And so Ooh. I think you just blessed the rest of all of our listeners with some nuggets. Thanks for having us. Thanks for making it so warm and inviting to come in and chat and share some of the space that we've been able to share these last few days on a microphone and just share some good vibes. I think. Yeah, it's been such an honor. Like I really feel like there are little golden nuggets here that if taken mm -hmm. seriously mm -hmm. can have profound impact on like individual experience, right? And that's Small, like tiny little infusions can have really big <laughs> ripples, right? Yeah, you certainly have both had profound ripples on each of us and, and I know many, many other people. So thank you for sharing this space with us too. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, I am Ken and Scott, your co-host. Karen Scott, your co-host. This is Comparative Narrative. We are available on all your streaming platforms. Gotta say it. If you like what you hear, give us five stars. Give us some feedback. Hit us up in the comments. What'd you think? Most appreciated. See you next time. That's right. <laughs>